Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, developing news on an appeal by Channel 7 to overthrow a workers' compensation case brought on by a reality TV contestant. Is there a chink in Sunrise's armour? We'll examine the market that could predict the future ratings of Breakfast TV. And should news journos be sprouting their political views on social media? We'll be tackling that one in our big issue. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello and welcome and thank you for all your concern. Yes, we are still here. We weren't last week because my wife had emergency surgery. So thank you for all your care and commentary about the fact we were missing. We actually do appreciate it. You're all a very loving bunch. Thank you very much. But you know what? We are back and ready to talk TV and there's plenty to talk about and there's plenty to do the talking. First of all, we say hello to Shrimp Tank herself, Sarah Monaghan. Hello. Hello, Sarah. Hello, everybody. It's great to have you back. I'm sorry that you got up early last week and there was no podcast. I should have checked before I went to sleep, but, you know, I was in the middle of a hurricane, so as you do. Oh, yeah, well, um, all I'm going to say is Sarah's got the conspiracy theories going on at the moment about hurricanes, so yes. just search HARP. Everybody apparently. Google HARP and be, I'm very grateful that I live within the five-mile bubble oh, of the president's, of this president's winter house. <laughs> well, you're not here yet, Mulk, because we haven't introduced you, but we'll bring you in. G'day, Mulky! I'm back, bitches. <laughs> hey, uh, on Twitter, he's known as Benjamin J. Norris. To us, he's just good old Benjamin Norris. Hello, Ben. Hi. What am I supposed to say? Uh, oh, no, wait, you've taken the bitch quote. I was going to say the quote from Aliens. Get away from her, you bitch. Get it's away from her, class. you bitch. Oh, there we go. There we go. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back after plenty. I'm still not making any sense. So uh, look maybe, forward to this podcast. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Ben needs another week off. <laughs> What's up I've been put on ice. Yeah, great. It's on brand. It's on brand for me. It's okay. Mm. And, of course, some say he brings gravitas. Some just say he brings the ass. It's our very own Stephen Brook. Hello, Brookie. <laughs> Hello, Rob. Raring to go. Yeah. feel I've been away forever. So let's get it stuck into it. It does feel like that. And I, 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 I don't think you talk through your ass, Stephen. I actually admire and love what you say. It's just what other people say, not me. He's been stalking oh, your Instagram people. again. Other people. <laughs> Journalism bullshit. No, if Rookie thought about his history, he'd do a Margaret Thatcher and say, well, who are these people? You yes, tell me who these people them? are. <laughs> 
Yeah. We, we've only got 90 minutes for the podcast. I don't think we've got time to go into all of that. <laughs> Brookie, it's great to have you on. Um, did we get to say congratulations on the new gig the no, last time we I recorded? I don't think so, and I've only been in it for a month. So where did all that time go? Oh, mate, how is the new gig uh, with nine newspapers going? It is great. It's with The Age and the City Morning Herald, and it's the CBD column, which you can read online or on page two. And, uh, oh, page two, very nice. And, of course, uh, your employment will not preclude you from giving your honest and forthright commentary because they are independent always, and they we love that. are, and that's what it says on the front page, and that is the truth. It is the truth, actually. <laughs> hey, I... you're working for the truth. No, that's a different publication. I think shut they're shut down years I think ago. Shut down, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, ancient history. Well, it's good to be back. It's good to be back, everyone. <laughs> yes. So, in your COVID rooms, if you are in COVID, we are thinking about you. If you're in lockdown in Melbourne, uh, we'll be talking about the effects of that on the TV industry. But first, let's get into our news stories of the day, and we start with an update on a story TV black box broke last year about a workers' compensation case against Channel Seven. Former House Rules contestant Nicole Prince won a case against the network after being depicted as a villain. The network appealed the decision, but after a medical assessment last month, the tribunal found Mrs Prince was unlikely to ever work again as a result of her injury. Sarah, do you think this will change the way producers treat reality TV contestants? Probably not. It's never changed the way that they treat children on TV. I mean, for years we've had a problem with kids on television who grew up and are cast out of the industry and nobody cares. And for years now we've had reality TV people who've grown up out of the industry, nobody cares. I don't see anything changing unless this forces them to kind of care through their pocketbooks. It's about the only way I see it that it'll change. That That is always the way, isn't it? That if the money, uh, if it's costing them money, and especially in this day and age of budgets where there's not a lot of money around, it's not like the 80s anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, maybe maybe it's a good thing that they'll they'll be forced to do something now. That hopefully they'll do it for everybody because it's not just reality TV people. I mean, even regular actors who, you know, don't receive psychological care and, you know, people in the street will abuse you for the character you're playing because if you're playing a villain and everyone tells you you're a horrible person and you know it's a character, but sometimes people on the street can't differentiate between you as an actor and you as your character. And so, you know, people for years who've played bad people have received the same kind of hate so i think it's just if you you have to either accept when you go on television that you're going to be put in a position where the public can hate on you or you know they need to do better counseling and psychological testing when they put people on television to see if they're going to be able to handle it but this is part of the problem sarah is that people who go on reality shows aren't actors they aren't paid like actors and they certainly aren't treated like actors on set and given the benefits and the support and the union cards and the memberships to help them progress and work through some of those but, things. But reality Now, I know there's lots of bit actors and, and part-time bits. Reality television people are paid very poorly, so treated very poorly as we've... Pro- yeah, well, but not paid as poorly as reality TV stars. stars. Um, they're treated very poorly, as has been shown in this um, case around House Rules, where it was proven in a court of law that these this couple of ladies were threatened, essentially, by producers, if you don't do what we want, we will give you the villain edit and everyone will hate you. And they didn't, and so they did, and here we are. I would just recommend people don't do reality television. 
because well, no, it's it's interesting you say that, Sarah, because I was going to ask Ben, who has won a reality TV show, considering where reality TV has gone in recent years, Ben, would what would your advice be? Would you suggest people don't do reality TV or do they just need to go into it with their eyes open? Yeah, I think it's very much about telling people to keep their eyes open and make sure that it's a show that they want to do and make sure they remember that they're always being filmed. I think that that's vital. Uh, you know, I I personally think that a lot of people have a really strong disconnect with their reality TV experience because I think a lot of reality TV contestants are on those shows looking for validation and redemption and they don't sure. get it. But worse than that, they get like this mirrored version of themselves which they've never seen before. And so for a lot of people doing reality TV, you know, they have a really strong disconnect with how people with how people actually see them. And then when they get to watch themselves on reality TV, they're like, oh, that person's awful. And I can tell you from my experience, even though I won a show, I still was really shocked at what I saw because I thought I was more lovely than I really am. But I'm actually... A, you know, way I'm, more I'm bitchy. Actually, yeah, I'm way more bitchy. I've got a darker side and I talk too but much. But also you weren't produced to death, Ben. You guys were put in a house and let loose and Big Brother controlled what you guys did and didn't do. Yeah, Unlike the so. current Big Brother, right? Every other reality TV show that involves people that aren't celebrities puts them into a situation which is decidedly unreal, decidedly pressured. They are inevitably dragged out, like having to work for long hours because that's when the drama comes in and then they give them alcohol or they deny them food Mm. or they do all of the things that they need to do. And then there's a producer telling them, I think such and such really likes you or this person's being horrible to you or do what we want because we need something to happen. But, I mean, you don't go on these shows... To, with without realizing this, I mean, you're going on these shows. Of course, they're going to manipulate the humans to make the experience entertaining for people on the outside. Look, I want to just quickly throw another element That's into it just before. That's never promise, though. No, I know, but I think you know maybe they need to get clearer about it. But I also think that it's clear to say to people as well going onto these shows that. They think they'll go on them and then become famous and be respected. And let me tell you, there is no respect. There's less than respect for reality TV contestants when they come off. So it's a really big cliff to drop off. Because when you finish the show in your mind, you're like, oh, my God, I was on TV. You know, 600 to a million people have watched me. You know, I'm amazing. But the reality is that's not true anymore you're mm-hmm. only as relevant as you are once the show is on television and once it finishes you aren't Carrie Ann Kennelly you aren't Grant Dania and you're not promised a career in the industry and if anyone that's been on reality tv is still working in this industry let me tell you those people have bled for it so there's many elements to look at and there's many magnifying glasses to put over each and individual situation to make sure the truth comes to the surface were these women badly treated maybe I think what is really significant about this is that the tribunal decided that these women were employees of the network and that was unprecedented. That gives them a whole bunch of rights. Indeed, Against the contract they signed. Well, uh, exactly. It it, it set that aside and this has implications for the entire industry because if Mm. you are an employee, you have rights. You have rights to better pay. You have rights to holiday pay. Uh, you have rights that cut against how a lot of reality television contestants have been treated by production companies and networks. Mm. So I think that is the real significance because every other contestant who feels they've been very poorly done by, and we know there are a lot because we've discussed this before with Married at First Sight and other programs, 
now have an avenue and have an action against the networks and production companies that they feel have put them in a bad position. And that goes against the legal safeguards these companies thought they had in place that was going to inoculate Mm -hmm. them against these types of claims which could end up costing them a lot of money. Which is good because Channel 7 tried to claim that I wasn't an employee and that's how they got out of, you know, me suing Channel 7 for what happened to me on Hey Dad because they're like, no, 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 it was an independent production. You just used our studios. Hmm. Which I find astonishing because who commissioned the production and who was paying their production company? The the Australian Television Network. Only reason that show appeared was because Channel 7 wanted it and paid for it. Exactly. Absolutely. All right, producers at Channel 9's Today Show are quietly celebrating a win in Brisbane. The Troubled Breakfast Show has won the past four weeks over rival Sunrise. Now, while Sunrise is dominant number one, Brisbane is seen as a swing state that changes viewing habits before the rest of the country. Nine's executives are hoping the trend will continue across the rest of Australia. Brookie, do you reckon this is a cause for celebration at nine or is this a bit of spin? I think it's a lot of spin, actually, uh, Rob. <laughs> and let me just reach across because we've mentioned the Today Show and uh, the bell has oh, been rung. Bell. You got your bell. I'll match your bell. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's getting bells. Well played. Look, I think nice try. We know that what is significant in television is where the money is in terms of advertising revenue and sponsorship. That's in the major markets, which is Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane, so the East Coast mm-hmm. is a metric that you see. Uh, I do believe that there are trends in market research and intent to change viewing habits does actually happen before you actually change a viewing habit, and that's both positive and negative. You're stuck on a show and you're getting a bit tired of it, but you don't actually mm-hmm. switch across to the opposition for, you know, it can be quite a long period of time after you've suddenly tired of something. So this of itself, no, I think this is wishful thinking on the part of the But there is a show. bit of history here, Brookie, because history has shown us that the Brisbane market is the first to change, to make the switch. It happened in 2004 with Sunrise, that they were the f- that was the first market that actually started watching the program. Viewers are generally rusted on. We do live in a different time, of course, and and Seven would certainly say that's old people's thinking and maybe I'm an old part of the old guard that thinks this way. I do think Brisbane is an interesting market uh, to see where things may develop. I'm sure what you are saying is correct about what happened with Brisbane and Sunrise, but try telling someone from New South Wales or Victoria that Brisbane is where the trends happen first in Australia, and I think there'll be a bit of a... Yeah, but it's not about what people think, it's about what the facts are. And and the facts, this has proven time and time again. I've seen it throughout different programs in my career where um, Brisbane is a great indicator of where things might go. Um, And and Melbourne would be the second one, Uh, and I experienced that with uh, Studio 10. Brisbane was the first market to start taking us and then to start supporting us. And then when Melbourne jumped on board, we were going gangbusters, 100,000, 120,000 when, you know, like we were doing, you know, 50,000 a year before. And then we still couldn't get Sydney. So Sydney was so rusted onto those other two shows, but Brisbane, Melbourne, and then the Perth dropped. So Sydney and Adelaide were the two problem markets for us. Now, having said that, this is a four-week run. Good news for today. They've still lost the year in Brisbane. They're still coming number three 
in the race. News Breakfast is number two and Sunrise is a dominant number one. But the perception here is what's interesting because if Sunrise gets a chink in its armour and today keep winning now in Brisbane, get five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks win, even though they can't win the year, it's a chink in the armour of the impenetrable Sunrise. And that's enough for you to sell a good news story to newspapers. I love your optimism, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and let's also not I've forget it. that... It's history repeating itself. Now, I'm not frank, saying Sunrise today is... Sorry, Mark. I'm not right. saying today will win. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's enough for Nine to stake a flag in the ground about. Let him sip his coffee. What people can't see is that right. Rob McKnight keeps trying to sip his coffee, but then I you guys... I don't drink coffee, the... it's just tea. <laughs> oh, now we're talking prop then, comedy. You have vodka. Yeah. yeah, look, I've got a gin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, it, it the, the only one not drinking... It, it is a two-horse race in breakfast. There is, for, for all of, and I mean this commercially. Yeah. ABC News Breakfast are doing their absolute best and, and killing it, as you mentioned. They are currently leading the race for second, if that's a thing, and how we want to talk about that in a five-city metro sense. No, that's a major deal. If, if ABC News comes second for the year, a major deal. Would you like to pick up your cup again, McKnight? Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll finish what I was saying. It's, it's a pretty big deal, but whatever. It's big enough because it, of what it represents from a ratings perspective. ABC Breakfast has never been there. So that's huge, no question. That they're doing it at the ratings cost of today is in itself a big enough story. However, the the share of, of advertising income that they pull at breakfast is in the late 40%. So it's yes, yes, just yes. under half. But but this is the thing. If today starts being unprofitable, massive changes happen. Yeah, it that's is true. not unprofitable. A hundred percent. And shall we talk and, about Ten's breakfast? Shall we talk about wake up? Shall we talk about all of the things that for Ten went wrong in part because they weren't profitable? A hundred percent. It's all about profitability. So, That's why Studio 10 survived the cull when Wake Up was cancelled. Studio 10 I'm was, not was in the firing line. I'm not with Brisbane is, a, is kind of the indication swing state stuff. I totally get that and I'm on board with the, the way that even advertising happens in Brisbane separate to the other states. Yeah, but you're, the there's two different arguments. You've got the corporate PR spin that says we don't care about what the ABC is doing because we've still got well, I never a said they don't care. dose of commercial the commercial share. But you can't tell me that it's not demoralising for every person that works on the Today Show to be losing to ABC News Breakfast. I would hate it. I never it. said they I, don't care. I and would... it's awesome for ABC Breakfast to be doing so because I know it buoys their spirits, right, because they aren't doing it for commercial gain and split. So they're... That they're achieving where they are, no question, is coronavirus uplifted. You know, people have turned to auntie because of the reliability factor, the trust factor, all of the reasons that the ABC keeps getting these metrics measured and listed and shown that they are the most trusted news network in Australia for all of these reasons. That it's now moved into breakfast where it hasn't been functioning prior to this year, many would say not before time. And that has to happen at the cost of someone else. I agree that these chinks of perception over today winning markets where Sunrise aren't winning them, that's a huge issue around just that two-horse race completely in a PR Jedi bubble. So why are we arguing? Because kept interrupting me. <laughs> no, because you went down the commercial side. The commercial issue is art thing. If, if Carl and Ali's today dropped below 40% of the breakfast money share, wholesale changes would take place. Understand. 
But when those headlines come out, mate, at the end of the year, proclaiming that ABC or in a few weeks, sure, proclaiming ABC is, News Breakfast has won, yes. has come second. Uh, don't underestimate. It's not always about the dollars and cents. And look, by the way, I love the corporate spinners at nine and uh, and the PR departments. On this is one issue we disagree on. You know, I agree with them on many other issues, but this is one oh, that mate, I think I the got... perception pay, plays a part. And losing got... to ABC News Breakfast is a big deal. All the PR Jedis in my sites tonight, I'm ready to unload. Okay. Well, still on Channel 9 and it looks set to drop The Ellen Show after a controversial period in the entertainer's career. According to the Daily Mail, Nine does not currently have the rights to the 2021 series and is awaiting an internal review into allegations made against producers on the program. For her part, Ellen is reportedly ready to axe the show herself after a series of bad headlines about her own behaviour towards people. So, Ben, considering Ellen is loved for being kind, do you reckon these stories have hurt her brand? Absolutely they've hurt her brand. You know, and I think that this is the end of Ellen for this particular chapter of her life. Uh, I don't necessarily know how fair it is because I think she's being accused of something that is very much... Uh, is an e- epidemic. Can I say that, Mark? I remember I used the epidemic wrong once, but... That's uh... oh, all right. I got it wrong too, Ben, so play on, mate. Okay, Pick great. Flipidemic. <laughs> well, can I just say the flipidemic then? But I just think that across entertainment, right across the world, it is a very common thing for talent of that magnitude to be very difficult to work with. I don't want any more lawsuits for you, Rob McKnight, so I'm just going to say that I'm going to play pretty even-keeled on this and not use any names. Normally at this Thank point you. I drop about five of them, but I won't. Uh, but I'm just going to say that I have 100% witnessed bad behaviour from major hosts who have been uh, guilty of doing the exact same things that Ellen's come out for. And that is, I guess, the biggest thing about this story is Ellen's, it's her show, her name's on it, right? Yeah. And she came out with a brand and a mantra. And so that mantra is to be kind. And now she kicked it That's off. That's the thing. But this is the thing. She kicked off that show with saying something, which is which may be the, um, the origins of her success. But then what she's accountable for now is that she should have maintained that herself. She had due diligence for the rest of the crew and rest, rest of the staff. So I think what has happened here is Ellen probably isn't the best uh, and most present boss. She's being accused of some it's really not, bad behaviour. That's get, not all I, I her responsibility. I think we have to put the allegations against the producers to the side mm-hmm. because that's a whole other thing. But, Sarah, for me, there's been so many stories against Ellen herself, whether it be producers saying they were banned from going in to pitch their stories and they had to send assistance in because Ellen refused to speak to them. Uh, uh, Neil Breen at at 4BC here in Queensland saying that he wasn't allowed to look Ellen in the eye when he was attending an interview with Richard Wilkins with her to a cafe worker saying Ellen tried to get a sack for having chipped nails. You know, like this is not... The um, the image that she has projected has this is 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 her brand dead. It seems like it, but then I always wonder: is it is it Ellen herself telling people not to look people in the eye, or is it her publicist? Because you hear a lot of people mm. where the publicist or the handler has told people you can't do this, you can't do this, yeah. and then you meet the celebrity <laughs> and they are mortified Bang to on. hear that, that that's happened. Of course happened. they are when you tell them that. Oh, she did what? I'll have words with her. No, no, Good but job. like Good I've job, had, yeah, That's I've actually had, really, that's I've a had, really valid point. And I just, I've I'm had sorry people to, do that on my behalf and I'm like, 
please don't do that. Well, your been, people have told people not to look you in the eye? Not to do certain things, not to ask certain questions, and I have to go in and be like, look, I'm an open book, you can ask whatever you want, you know, just don't touch my boobs, we're good, you know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> Some people can. <laughs> you know. But, you know, but Sarah, I think to your point, though, just want to quickly add, throw you in a story there, because a friend of mine was telling me the other day, she was told that she wasn't allowed to do X, Y, and Z with, with Denise Richards, and Denise Richards was in Australia promoting... Um, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Anyway, she was told not to mention Charlie Sheen, not to mention this new relationship, not to mention the sex life. Anyway, Denise Richards came in and sat down and ticked all of those boxes. She brought up Charlie Sheen, she brought up the sex life, and she had no idea what the publicist had said. So I think that you are 100% correct, and that is there is obviously publicity people out there that are trying to... And I, I, agree. I do they're, find they're, it they're interesting that it's just it's all of a sudden like there was that one guy on Twitter who said that Ellen was a bitch and to everyone released their stories. And for years she'd been this elevated person. Mm-hmm. And when I first moved to America, there was no tall poppy syndrome. People revered those who, you know, it was like back in the 80s when people aspired to earn mm-hmm. a career and, you know, go to college and get a Porsche. And now we're at that point where everyone just wants the government to give it to them. And then when I got here, there was no tall poppy syndrome. And now they've learnt tall poppy syndrome. And now everybody hates anybody who's a one percenter or even a, you know, a 12 percenter. Like, um, you have a job and you can afford a house. Well, we hate you, you know. So I wonder if that's part of that as well. If she is successful. What I, I want to know is, is there any visibility on A, ratings or B, what the sponsors think? Because that's what's going to determine uh, her success or failure. And they, the stories have all come out in... Uh, all of a sudden, after well, James Corden's of... already set to replace her. Yes, but now there are allegedly. But now yeah, there are allegedly. James Corden stories about. Um, mm-hmm. There certainly how, are. I, there certainly how, are. <laughs> how terrible he apparently is. So uh, it's just. I have but everyone knows how to say who so can so tell a ways. story about what an asshole we are. I'm sure plenty of people could say what a horrible person <laughs> I am. Okay, Sorry, but I, I think I can rule out everyone in this podcast has ever tried to get a waitress fired for having nail polish. <laughs> Correct. Now, can I just say one thing, Sarah, into something you said, and that is the tall poppy thing with Ellen. You know what? It's not about that. She actually broke our heart. She promised, us a, she promised us a dream she couldn't deliver about kindness and acceptance, and it turns out she's none of those things. She's not kind. She's not accepting. She wow. treats this people is like crap. Rob, this is bullshit, just, and I don't want to go on about this all day. But it's Sorry just bu- for having an opinion. No, you're allowed to have this opinion, but can I just say you're a credible source that gets themselves printed quite a lot. A lot of people listen to you and look up to you, and when you start saying this, what I, what I think you're trying to do is box Ellen into this package that the narrative of the media is trying to do at the moment. She is responsible for some of these attributes, but she is certainly not... Uh, it's not fair to say all of what you just said about her. Yes, it is. Because I'm not basing any of what I have just said on the allegations against her producers. I made that clear a little earlier when I was talking. I'm basing it on the stories I have read, the multiple, the multiple stories I have read about Ellen and her treatment of people. Sunrise did an interview with a producer who went on the record, showed her face, named herself and talked about what working for Ellen was that like. That lady looked like she couldn't remember what day of the week it was. She produced oh, that show okay, 17 so years hang on, ago. So hang on, you're judging her testimony on her appearance. No, no, no. I'm saying that she worked on that show 17 years ago. Where was your story 17 years ago, my friend? Because if you, you can't go story, up against someone like Ellen. Yeah. What's that? People so she's decided to come out of the woodworks now? Yeah. Because people are listening to the story now. No one would have printed that story back then. 
Well, I'm just going to say to you that I think that Ellen is somebody who uh, has worked extremely hard to get to where she's gotten to. She's a little bit disenfranchised. She is a little bit responsible for the team of people working underneath her. But I think that the lynch mob at the moment is very loud and I think it's very unfair and I think people should pipe down a little bit unless they've actually had actual experiences with her. Using their platform to say that she's responsible and she's going to get taken down just seems grossly unfair to me. I never said she. No, no, no. But anyway, let's get let's take there needs to be some I enjoyment said in it. She's broken our hearts. Let's because she promised a dream she could get a bell. Bring back. Brookie, Brookie, do you want to ring the bell on me? Oh, I don't. I don't. I want to. I do want to get some predictions though from everyone. Will she be back on nine or on her own show? Yes. Or will I don't she... think so. No, I think I she will be back. The end of it. The only one who will no. end Ellen is Ellen, unless she pulls the plug, because it's like Rolf Harris. When that story broke on the Nine News website, I remember people going off, how dare you report this? How dare you? Yeah, you but know, that was before cancel culture you... was in full swing. Maybe, but mm-hmm. I think there's still Sarah. a protectionism Sarah. of celebrity, Sarah, and that if you're a celebrity, people don't want to hear the truth about the kind of person you are. Everyone wants to hear about what a bitch I am. Not even another Finding Dory movie is going to save this woman now. <laughs> okay, let's move anyway. on. All right. In the official rating survey so far this year, Nine News Melbourne has now won 23 weeks out of the possible 24. The result means Nine has now been the number one rating bulletin in Melbourne for nine years in a row. Audience for the Monday to Friday 6pm bulletins presented by Peter Hitchner has increased 25% on last year, with Nine now averaging 350,000 viewers across the hour compared to seven years with 324,000. Mulk in the ratings game, there's always some spins. Seven say they've made dramatic increases, but really at the end of the day, it's a congratulations to Channel 9. These are not the ratings you're looking for. Uh, <laughs> look, it's it's definitely a situation where Nine have again delivered. Peter Hitchner, Jane Hall uh, as, a, as a team and Tony Jones, of course, in that, uh, have been wildly successful for the past nine years, as you pointed out, uh, and doing huge business for nine there. They absolutely have stared down uh, the the seven Melbourne team who have been working very hard uh, mm. to try and make some inroads on the ratings. And, look, they can say they've had some dramatic increases. I don't think that's outrageous, though. All ratings are spin, let's be frank, um, and how we get them delivered from the various networks. Uh, the challenge for Seven is that I would suspect they've probably made inroads into not Nine's numbers, though they are down slightly, however they still won. Um, but, of course, they'll have made made uh, great sort of gains by pinching tens, six o'clock audience, which, to be frank, isn't huge. Um, but they'll be, you know, waiting their way in through that. It's, it's a challenge in all of it because, again, we're going to be in a situation with uh, nine nine as a network winning Sydney and now winning Melbourne and poised to win Brisbane. They will win, as Brookie pointed out, the very important East Coast, but are now looking, given how you know dominant Seven are in both Adelaide and Perth and the strong performance of Seven behind those news um, uh, battles between Seven and Nine, that Seven will win the national figures, those five city metro figures, but not have won the three biggest TV markets in Australia. Yeah, but I always come back to the fact a national figure at 6pm doesn't count because they're all localised. Oh, no, ch- no, I agree. But we all know the PR Jedis will spin it. <laughs> Seven is, you know, Australia's number one news, blah, 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 network. They'll even go that far to pull it and nine will pull where, you, you know, you're number one news in Sydney. It, it's all, you've yes, been there. But Rob. Mo, Judge Rob has ruled 
and that is the final verdict. Oh, all okay, right, sure. now it's That's all we needed to know. <laughs> now it's time for Hatchets and Dispatches with Sarah. Thanks, Rob. Foxtel has confirmed it is expanding its movie offering with the addition of a new channel targeting female viewers. Lifetime Movie Network, LMN, from global media company A&E Networks, will be exclusive to Foxtel subscribers from September 1, 2020, and adding a slew of new movies to its on-demand library. The move comes at the same time the iconic comedy channel ceases to exist, replaced by Fox Boom. Comedy. Yeah, Hey Dad was shown on comedy, well, the Australian version. <laughs> One of TV's original reality formats, The Apprentice, is set to return Boom. to Australian screens. <laughs> the Australian Says 9 will air a new season of The Celebrity Apprentice in 2021 with a new host. A spin-off to Seven's highly successful game show, The Chase, is coming. Beat the Chasers will be hosted by Andrew O'Keefe and will feature contestants taking on Australian chasers for a total prize pool of $500,000. Regional nine bulletins, cut in the wake of COVID-19, have returned to the airwaves this week in an amended format. Nine advises that the statewide bulletins recorded no detrimental shift in ratings, and to protect the Metro bulletins and brand, it will shift the regional bulletins to 5.30pm start, mm. thus keeping Nine's Metropolitan Bulletin at 6pm. Reports suggest around a dozen jobs were impacted by the changes. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Thank you, Sarah. Coming up, should news journos have opinions? Our big issue looks at the growing trend of opinionated journalism. Plus, can you hear that? Ben is, up, ben is opening up the TV Black Belt to bring you all the latest TV goss. TV Black Belts. <laughs> we'll be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And Robin Robbo. Media executive Rob McKnight. Something brand new is coming to your social media feed. Big Brother winner Ben Norris. This is something bold and informative with a side of humour. And journalist David Robbo Robinson. It's truly going to be something different. Ben Robin Robbo Show starts April 20. Go to tvblackbox.com.au slash BRR for more information. It's the Ben Robin Robbo, Ben Robin Robbo, Ben Robin Robbo Show. Big interviews coming up on the Ben, Rob and Robbo show. This week, if you're listening to the podcast as we put it out, Grant Daniels joining us on Thursday and he'll actually be joining the TV Black Box podcast next week as well. In the meantime, Brookie and Malk, what is coming up on TV Binge Box? This week's group binge is the uh, ITV series showing here on Stan Australia, Little Birds. Uh, I have some very strong views about it now that I have seen it uh, and we will be discussing that at length. Uh, and will be out this week, probably Wednesday, in your podcast, Feedalings. Fabulous. Uh, thank you for that. Don't forget to go to TV Binge Box Podcast in your favourite podcast feed. And in the our meantime, Facebook it's... group. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> in the meantime, here's Brookie with a big issue. My fellow journalists, it's time to put a sock in it. All day, day after day, news reporters are deluging us with their opinions on social media, and frankly, many of them aren't worth the time it takes to read them. When social media first appeared, Facebook and then later on Twitter, it was all about an exchange of information. It was a great way for journalists to point out stories and articles that you might not have seen before. Now it's really just all about an exchange of opinions. This was thrown in sharp relief over the weekend or last week when there were highly political comments made by nine Melbourne reporter and Triple M newsreader Seb Costello, who attacked the Victorian Health Minister, Jenny Mikikos, suggesting that she wasn't really up for the job. Now, this reverses a trend of which has run through the media for decades, if not centuries, where reporters were meant to be impartial, they were meant to be locked out of the opinion pages of newspapers, and only the very rare few ascended to talkback radio slots, on such as Neil Mitchell on 3AW, or pre- presenting slots on television. But now everybody is at it, and I think the news industry is the poorer for it. In Perth, we've even gone full circle with seven new sports presenter and 6PR breakfast host Basil Zempelis announcing that he is going to run for the office of Lord Mayor of Perth. The elections are in October. In my opinion, this is bad for Basil, bad for 6PR and bad for Perth itself. I think it's bad for I think it's bad for Basil because I don't think he's got the skills for the job. He's a journalist. He's not a politician. Journalists are notoriously thin-skinned and can't take criticism. And believe me, if you're Lord Mayor of Perth, you're very much in the public eye. I think it's bad for 6PR because as a radio station, it can no longer be honest with its listeners. He's still going to keep his day job. It's going to have divided loyalties between its listeners and its mayoral candidate. What happens if listeners want to ring up and complain about the garbage delivery times in the city of Perth? (laughs) Well, I guess you get to go straight to the source. Exactly. He's there talking to the people. Well, yeah, but what is he going to do? He's going to be defensive. He's going to promise to fix it. And he's going to fudge. um, All these flipping rules. Yeah, I guess at least Darren Hinch gave up. I know, but like, you know, oh, we we say that all journalists are thin-skinned. That's not necessarily true. I've got oh, lots of friends who are journalists me, that are thick-skinned. I've got skinned. a lot more friends who are journalists than you, and I don't think they're very good <laughs> politicians. And look, I think it's going to be bad for Perth. Perth deserves to have a mayor who's focused on the job, not somebody who is doing 6PR, wants to go off to the Olympics, and is reading the seven oh, sports hang on. results. Or and a aren't mayor... they, isn't Basil inferring he will do the job and stay at 6PR? Totally is, yes. I don't see a problem with this. He oh, knows on. everybody. He can talk direct. People have a line to the mayor. What's wrong Thanks, with that? Thanks, Donald Trump. No, no. They can literally pick up the phone and talk to the mayor. Where else does that happen? How boring that will that breakfast show become? major cities. When I, I've been in a, a studio with the Lord Mayor of London, Ken Livingston, used to do a regular radio slot. But, you know, so he would yeah, come in, answer questions, show. then he would go off and be a mayor. 
Yeah, but uh, that was a slot, not a three-hour exactly. program. Exactly, yeah. But it, why, it, that's his choice. He's a hard worker. He'll give the job everything he's got. He's got all the connections. Which job will he give everything he's got? All three of yes. them? Yeah, all three of them. What's wrong with that? Well, you can't be Lord Mayor of Perth if you're over in Tokyo doing the Olympics, can you? Bingo. Uh, is there not a thing called holiday period? He can yes, take you holidays are to take from leave, his Robert, job. Absolutely, you are allowed to take leave. Correct. So what's the... I don't know the issue here. Brookie, something else I will say is that we are in the age of opinion. And I actually don't see a problem with journalists giving their informed opinions. We get enough opinions that have no merit and no information. You know, people are sprouting shit from their ass, And we've actually got a journos who are in the thick of it giving us their take on what's going on. Isn't that making us oh, more wow. informed? Become an opinion writer. Don't be a journalist. Like, stay a journalist. Why can't you but do stop both? Reporting on- no, well, there's stop separation. Reporting on there the is story. separation between the How can the you present the news about the health minister whom you have just slagged off the week before? How can you be objective? Don't be the story. Report the story. Hang on. You can be objective. to be a journalist. Most of the time, if you've got opinions, you can go and give those opinions and then do a straight-laced report. Having said that, I would love to see uh, a 6pm news where I'm getting some idea of how the presenter feels about stories. Then watch we the do project. It on the, now, look, I'm not calling us journalists, but the Ben Robin Robber Show, the project, the drum, they all give the news and give opinions on those news stories. Yeah, but they're and, not the news. Yeah. Well, you say that, but people are now getting their news from these programs. In America, when Jon Stewart was doing The Daily Show, a lot of people, were, a lot of younger people were getting their news from Jon Stewart. I can tell you the feedback we get on the Ben Robin Robbo Show. People say, I've stopped watching news. I don't watch the morning shows. I get my news from you. Okay, but it's not you, news. If you look it's at the youngest, we're telling you the news. No, no, not necessarily. You know, but it's also like a lot of those people out there now getting their news from YouTube. You know, I've done research all day today. I've figured all the facts out. <laughs> no, mate, you've just watched YouTube all day. They weren't real facts. But I guess the the issue is that I guess that the boys are trying to make is that journalists who need to report factual news need to be unbiased and can't be in these dual roles. I think that that's going to change over time, even though I can see where the boys are coming from. How when James Costello presents his next news bulletin, are we to think that he is being open and honest about the health minister, or do are we to know that because he... Because he's a professional. He hates, he does, dislikes this woman, thinks she should be out Obviously. of a job. Yeah. And then is that in any way going to colour what we hear from him? But do you think that would preclude him? him from doing a report on what she said today and and, and, and the, the, the I don't facts know. and figures she's given us? How do I know? is called into question. That's the problem. Do you know what I love about it? It's open and honest. How every journalist has political views and we don't know what they are. This guy is saying, this is what I stand for. So now you can judge my reports based on what I believe. Should we know what they are? But I want the facts. It is the editor and the news directors. It is the editor and news directors' responsibility to make sure that they deliver us the report in a way that is, particularly in Australia, (laughs) because we have different rules to other countries, around what the nature of what this story is. If uh, a journalist is pushing too much of their view or their their interpretation or their thing, rather than reporting the facts into that story, their credibility is called commentary into his political reports on 10 News First all the time. Do you think that is good and respected and is 10 News highly rated? No. 
Is that how we're judging quality now, Brookie, through ratings? No. Well, ratings, audience appreciation, uh, respect of peers, um, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but when I watch his reports, at least I get some idea of what's happening and what's going on and whether he's buying the bullshit these politicians are serving up. So here's the thing. Right now, there you've got... Here's an example of three TV stations. You've got CNN, Fox, and Newsy. CNN has very opinionated reporters slanted one direction. Fox, very opinionated reporters completely the opposite section and then you've got newsy who presents the news without an opinion because they believe it's up to you as the viewer to get the news and make up your own opinion but on see what that's the facts a bullshit are. fallacy anyway because Don't every news report I hear is... more about what sarah has to say on this i'm so you you look at people and i seriously judge people now by which news they watch because you get all the CNN people and you get the Fox people. And I used to sit in an office where we had both and you could be like, here's one view. Here's another view. It's probably somewhere in the middle. And you get people who like, everyone makes fun. Oh, you must be a Fox news watcher or you must be a CNN news reporter. Like, like, can I just get the news? And it's up to me to watch all the news sources and to read the paper and to read Twitter and get all this shit and and work out what the truth, my truth, somewhere in there is. Not, I don't want your opinion presented to me as fact. But every news report you see has a level of opinion in it, whether you know it or not. The grab that's chosen, the voiceover that goes around it, while it might not ram it down your throat as an opinion piece, every decision that's made that goes into a piece of news product is making editorial decisions that will help shape the way you think. Yeah, that's an editorial decision. It's not necessarily opinion. Opinion, I think that what they're trying to say, though, is that they want to protect... In journalistic integrity and they want the closest thing to the truth and so they don't want news that could be fabricated or be based on an opinion but you're they saying want... you're saying that someone who presents an opinion on twitter can't bring us the truth and i don't buy that no no one is saying that there's someone you're who... saying because he he doesn't like this woman he can't present a factual report about her i'm saying his credibility is called into question to be able to deliver us a factual, truthful report because he's revealed his bias at, in a position, at least in Australia, where journalists are meant to deliver us the news, not make the news. We just said Nine News Melbourne is number one. It hasn't hurt their credibility. He is one of the senior reporters on Nine News nah, Melbourne. Bullshit. Nine News Melbourne is number one because a lot of people tune in to watch it. If his That's credibility it. was so bad, they would turn it off, say we can't watch this shit because we bullshit. can't trust what the reporters are oh, saying. Hold Absolute on, bullshit. Hold on. Are we now judging ratings as being a sign of uh, credibility, No, I only Rob, went down which... that path because you did, Brookie, but <laughs> Mock made the point that credibility is gone. They're still no, waiting. I said his credibility is called into question because of the expectation from an Australian viewing audience. Yes, and he made the comment last the reporter... week, Rob. I don't think there's going to be a ratings collapse in between his attack on the health minister and Nine News Melbourne's. Seb Costello has been very opinionated about the Labor government. Seb for some Costello time. is the most protected yeah. journalist at the Nine Network. And I tell you what, he's not—he's not their political reporter, is he? No, he is not. But there was a day when Anderson Cooper used to say he wouldn't talk about his sexuality or his politics because he wanted to be seen as an unbiased reporter 
who gave mm-hmm. the facts and he never mm-hmm. gave any 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 indication of any of his own personal beliefs or anything because but he didn't want that to it. influence his 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 actual journalism and then you know sure. it came out and now he's become much more he does editorials all the time that we now. expect it because he has his own tv show but back in the day when he was a true mm. reporter a true journalist he never had any personal life and now that he has his own show and we know who he is he, well, he gives his, his opinion per- personal life he really times yeah, times are changing, guys. And if you look at news-based programming now, it's filled with opinions. If you look at what they're doing, changing doesn't make it good, now- Rob. Just because it's changing doesn't mean it's changing for the better. But that's a that's an opinion, Mulk. That's an opinion. What I think people need to do, though, is that I think it that's comes down here. to what Sarah said before, <laughs> and that is that. Most people want the facts. They don't want all the wishy-washy stuff. They don't want to hear Karen's opinion from the supermarket. People want the facts. We <laughs> are moving. Why can't you have both? A picture, you have but the news and then have commentary around yeah. it. You have a morning yeah. because... show that you used to work on where I get news with opinions. There's the yep. project. There's all of those TV shows. But when I watch the news news, I just want the news. I don't want an opinion. I want Thank there you, to be two Sarah. separate sources for it. Thank you, Sarah. And I clearly differentiated so that we know I'm tuning into this for news. I'm tuning – like, nobody tunes into Sky News at night for the news. And if they do, they are completely being misinformed, right? But, Mark, you want to when tune people tune into this podcast into because they want to talk about TV, they want TV news – and you are on a show which is an opinion-based news program. This isn't where you come to get the news, depending on who you ask on this podcast. But let me tell you, you are on a, an opinions-based podcast. This ain't the news. Yeah, we, we, I'm also not a journalist. Yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> All right. Uh, Brookie, I think we've uh, we've I think we've, I think we've solved that one. That I think one. we've nailed <laughs> the problem of the next, world and we've next come week, to a great consensus. Next week, China versus the US. Who's right? Who's wrong? (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think we need to wrap this up on a very nice note. It's time. I'll just push it open. Can we not? Could we have not sorted this out in the time that I wasn't here so that this didn't happen? It's always going to happen. I love it. It's a highlight. Ben, we've opened up the TV Black Vault. What guess who don't sue gossip have you got for us this week? Three stories. Okay, this is the first one. Who protest too much on The Bachelor in Paradise only to ditch their new lover less than seven days after returning in November? This guy has now returned to his long-term girlfriend that he was with previous to being on reality television and they are now shacked up. So is this someone who was who did the commitment ceremony the other night? Oh, yeah. Okay, number two. Uh... Who has called the casting couch every year for I'm a Celebrity but has always been told no thank you? This person originally stated to friends that they were in the running to host the show originally. What? (laughs) Sarah? (laughs) (laughs) And calling the casting couch, goodness me. Yeah, so... Do you mean calling the casting director? The casting couch is a different thing, man. This person might as well be calling a couch, which is not a real thing, uh, because they're getting nowhere. But I just was going to say, it's kind of... Like that Does, thing I, I, I do you know, know what the casting, the casting couch, couch is? is? The casting couch is where you go and sleep with someone to get a job, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this person's Wait, so tried every trick this. in the... 
they're sleeping with them and they're still not getting the job? Are you saying this person is sleeping with people? Oh, look, now I think I have really fucked this up. Yeah. I mean, sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it took a fuckers. How do I back out of this? Brookie looks you bored. Say, you, What's the third one? Remount. Ben? <laughs> what do I do to get out of this? Somebody you help don't, me. This so we just clarify. We clarify. I was wrong. Vault yet. Yeah, yeah. I, is the yeah. So they weren't sleeping with people. They were approaching the couch. No, they just were sleeping ringing. with a couch. <laughs> <laughs> They've probably had sex on a couch once. I don't know. I've made a mistake. <laughs> Did the couch say it was okay? The couch enjoyed it. Consent. That's okay. why we needed to clarify. Okay, so, well, can I just go and then clarify what it is that I was saying then? Because it now, who has called the casting producers every year? <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Oh, my God, it's ridiculous. I've completely so kafuckus to that. Uh, so anyway, good. what I was going to say, though, is it's kind of like at school, you know, when you used to say that you went all the way with this girl and what you meant mm. to say was that you never got past first base because they were like auditioning to be on the show but then telling everyone that they were supposed to be the host of the show and I'm like nice. seriously get it together now this one is is anyone good with maths because I'm not so two hosts is this the third one now this is the third one yeah right two hosts were two mates and now are two enemies which male duo can't and won't be seen in the same room together anymore Ooh. very famous very famous 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 I hope it's not the big one H&A, well, is that yeah. you're thinking, Ben? Rob, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. I don't believe it could be them. I'm not going to tell you because this one's quite scandalous, but I got no. some very good factual information about this one this morning and was like, oh, wow, that's bad. Can't and wait to share that on the TV, Black Cat and Humphrey. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ben. Let's close her up. Oh, oh she's closed. I know you love it, Mulky. That brings us to the end of TV Black Bolt. Oh. No, TV Black Bolts. That's what I'm trying to say. Why? It gets in my head. I can't get it out. Sarah, thank you very much. Bye, kids. Everybody Google Harp. Oh, yes. Thank you, Stephen. Great Harp topic. Great uh, big issue today. Thanks, Rob. And you just made me feel like a Big Brother contestant. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you, Mulk. It's almost like this isn't better the second time around. <laughs> and Benjamin, we will see you on the Ben Robin Robber Show Monday to Thursday at 1 o'clock on Ticket TV and Facebook.com slash BRR Show. Thanks, Rob. Don't troll me. <laughs> <laughs> You're back, baby. We'll see you it's next week. Thanks very much, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.